You know, speaking of a really fucking awesome ending, Stanley Cup happened. I'm still coming down from that high. I watched maybe like two and a half games of it. I was busy. I watched a lot of pieces of games of it. And like, it was clear that it was a very, very good and appropriate matchup. Like, this was probably the best two teams this year. Except Tampa Bay had a lot of walking wounded players come to find out after the fact and, uh, you know, can't kind of fault them for it. Ryan McDonough with a new metal band name, Mangled Finger. If it was Mangled Middle Finger, it'd be even more hardcore. Uh, Opening up for Braden Point's speed metal jam band called Quad Tear. Braden Point and the Quad Tears. (laughs) Yeah, apparently a a very significant Quad Tear. Like, okay, we were always wondering if he was going to come back like Goku and make a huge difference. And like, oh, turns out uh, his leg is really, really fucked up. Okay, well, so I don't know. It. It becomes a little bit more plainly obvious when you look at all the lightning injuries, like how a probably already superior Colorado team finally made it over the top against against the, what has been sort of the death star of the NHL for the last three years in this, this Tampa Bay Lightning team that won 11 consecutive playoff series. Holy shit. That is, that's a feat that won't be matched for many, 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 many years. Except for if Colorado is the juggernaut we think they might be. We'll see if Joe Sackett can manage success the way the way that Tampa has. Like Tampa's done a really good job of keeping valuable assets, letting less valuable assets go, you know, not overpaying for everybody and really keeping the band together as much as they can. And like now Colorado's there. Congrats. You you successfully won the cup. Now on to your immediate challenge. And I mean they they seem to be up to the task, at least from first blush. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll get to free agency mm-hmm. here in a little bit, but they they seem to I think I mean Joe Sackick, who is now the president of hockey operations, he's okay. been promoted, quote unquote promoted, but like we <laughs> he all got know. promoted from president to a spiritual leader. If you get a phone call from either Joe Sackick or Steve Eisenman, just don't fucking pick up. Yeah. <laughs> Let him leave you a nice voicemail. There's a there's a great meme and it's just a picture of Iserman on the phone and it says this is a robbery please stay calm <laughs> oh uh speaking of memes of people on phones who is uh, shout out to somebody on twitter i can't remember who it was but they photoshopped or not photoshopped they they uh, video shopped uh some i think it was kyle dubas on the phone um with justin timberlake beatboxing at the end of uh not sexy back rock your body like and they did it and they made it so it was in rhythm and so you could just run the tiktok on a loop and you would get the best part of that song (laughs) (laughs) instead of gonna rock your body to the brick and that's not it to the end of this song yeah yeah gonna have you naked by the end of this song God, I am 
fucking terrible already off the bat speaking of terrible uh this is the handsome hockey podcast we haven't announced <laughs> ourselves yet yes uh i'm jake and i'm evan yeah and we're uh we're happy to be back we're yeah it's it's uh, a little steamy today but uh, less steamy than days past let's yeah. say like we would be like full-on vegetables in the microwave if we had recorded yesterday or the day before uh, instead we you know like played hockey in that heat yeah i would be very <laughs> unpleasant if if we had recorded the last couple of days speaking of uh very unpleasant people who hate on nazim cadre uh they got their just desserts by cadre being the first muslim to ever raise the stanley cup mm-hmm. and more well not more importantly more importantly for the joke that I'm going with, <laughs> wearing t-shirts that troll hard. Yeah, and I didn't realize that like they're, it's both a reference to a podcast and also trolling about the series clinching goal. Uh, I, I've only made this connection recently. So wearing t-shirts saying too many men where like a lot of people were like, oh, there were too many men. Yeah. Uh, but also it's a good podcast. Yeah. Uh, so win-win, um, also, uh, notable in the Stanley cup hangover, uh, the amount of times that the Stanley cup has been dropped by Colorado. Um, I, I think that's, a new, yeah, it's a new record. Uh, it's a new drops record. per 60. Uh, it's a new record and we're only, we're less than a month in. Um, I mean, they dropped it on the way to taking the photo the, yeah. the team photo that like that was a great cut i think it was nicholas abe kubel uh mm-hmm. i mean he just eats shit on his skates like he's not even drunk at this point he is probably fully fucking sober <laughs> and he just like is carrying the stanley cup and awkwardly eats shit on his skates and goes cup down and the best part was like uh i saw a super cut of all of his teammates faces like watching him dent the stanley cup before their very eyes and they're all just like oh no oh oh man oh wow it's like it's like watching them like find out god isn't real and, and like or santa yeah and then he's just like all right fine um but then they then they went to dot club and i think uh i think it was either sean McIndoo or Dom Lashishan on Twitter who said uh, how appropriate of the Toronto Maple Leafs to sign the guy who dropped the cup. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you're not, uh, not going to have to deal with it there. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah. Who was, and then who was the guy that dropped it in the club? Josh Manson. Josh. He fell down. <laughs> All like six foot five of him uh, stood up, raised his hands holding the cup overhead and then slowly fell backwards like Like, it was it was as if like just strong enough wind hit him like yeah right not a stiff breeze just strong enough and it goes (laughs) that tree falls in the forest you had time to count yeah as he was there were at least like they probably got a whole measure of that dj's beats out while he was falling that was definitely like an oons, 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 oons fall. Have you ever like maybe like fallen from something or done something and as it's happening, you have enough time to think, oh, this is really going to hurt? Uh, I've had some pretty epic falls. It, it wasn't like, oh, this is really going to hurt. <laughs> One time I was playing in pit orchestra, playing cello, 
and we were in practice and somebody as a joke as i was sitting down holding my cello to like play i think it was the bass player so they're behind me they pull the chair out from under me and so i'm just like i'm holding my cello and my bow i can't brace myself so i'm just like falling on the clink on my ass it's like save the cello save the money yeah uh when i was young uh my my best friend his family lived on a lake and they purchased a jet ski Mm. and they were dumb enough to let us drive it oh yeah and so of course you try and see like what truly stupid things you can do on it and one we settled on and we only did it once and i was the one who did it uh, we decided to get going as fast as we could. And the person on the back of it would stand <laughs> or like squat, you know, holding the person in front. And then whoever was driving would make a sharp turn. And the, and while that was happening, the other person would jump yeah, and see what would happen. Sure. And while I was in the air, looking down at the water, well below me, I, had long enough to think this is really gonna hurt (laughs) and it did it came up and uh my buddy was like that was fucking awesome and i was like we're never doing this again (laughs) and he probably got what eight feet in the air probably oh it was a significant amount of air even falling on water at that point like it it it's not comfortable well and we're going probably like 35 miles an hour sure exactly so and and it's like air and distance like you're like yeah it was uh never again (laughs) all of the best things happen on jet skis uh yeah just ask pat maroon (laughs) uh speaking of the best things however the hockey hall of fame has inducted new members and uh but yet still not Alexander McGillney, goddammit. Yeah, which is... If, He's going to get a dope documentary before they put him in the Hall of what Fame. A, what a slap in the face for one of the best or like early Russian stars in the NHL. Yeah, but but yet they put fucking Dan- Daniel Alfredson in. Like, old-ass Daniel Alfredson. I don't know. Like, was Daniel Alfredson ever young? I only remember him as being <laughs> old. You know, this was the year of people that never won the Cup. So it was... Daniel Alfredson, Roberto Luongo, the Sedins, like people that probably should have, they came within a stone's throw or, you know, one, one more turnover of the dice from winning cups, but, uh, you know, no cups were had. So, um, I don't know. This was a really, really interesting hall of fame year. Yeah. I I don't. I think everybody is deserving on some level. Mm-hmm. Alfredson was a great player. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He went to a cup final, I think, mm-hmm. with uh, the one Senators Cup final. Right. Um, that they immediately sold off for parts. Yes. Um, Looking at you, San Jose Sharks. <laughs> um, and and, 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 and mean, he was like a, a, you know, he was kind of a captain of everything for that team for his entire career and also the hall of fame guys are very into people that spend their whole careers with one team. Like if you do that, you're immediately like 50% more likely to make it into the hall. I feel like, oh, thank God Evgeny Malkin's going to make it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he's Sid's only- just concerned for Evgeny Malkin's 
uh, cup chance. Cup, yeah, uh, Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame chances. chances. Uh, you also got Holy Trinity of the last 20 years of the Vancouver uh, Canucks. Right. With Luongo and Robert, <laughs> Italian businessman Liberto Luongo. Our favorite. Uh, and then Daniel and Henrik Sedin. Uh, you also got Rika Salonen, absolute star of Finnish women's hockey. She basically played in the Finnish league for like the entire time I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, she's 49 and I think retired something like two years ago or something yeah, like that. Absolute longevity monster. Yeah. Um, and then also the one that I, I'm the most thrilled about mm-hmm. is Herb Carnegie getting Absolutely. into the Hockey Hall of Fame in the builder category. <laughs> you know, we've we've talked about herb a lot early early on in our podcasting careers several times as well Mm -hmm. like you know if you look just at his nhl stats you're like oh okay but the like actual impact off the Mm -hmm. ice where he has spent decades now trying to bring the game of hockey to new populations to Mm -hmm. populations that hockey generally underserves and kind of neglects yeah and and just being a hell of an interview and seeming to have like the right words for any given moment uh yeah the dude's a star and like thank god that he's finally getting his due and getting into the hall of fame um the other thing that you know we kind of got to talk about with this is why not more women inducted it seems like they haven't inducted two women since the first year that they started inducting women, it's like, Oh, you can only have one per year. Um, and especially in sort of like, uh, slightly weak men's class, it would be nice to get, you know, another one of these women that are waiting in the wing, because there, there are several women that are waiting in the wing that like probably should be first ballot hall of famers, but because they've created this like artificial log jam, you know, we're not talking about Megan Duggan getting inducted this year when damn it, she should be like already, you know? Um, yeah. When is the first, first ballot women's player? Megan Duggan should be a first ballot. Absolutely. While we're talking about women, it should be pointed out that Salonen is the first non North American woman to make it into the hockey hall of fame as well. Yeah. We're, we're doing a little bit of crawling before we can walk perhaps with respect to women in the hockey hall of fame. Dude, some um, year there just better be like 20, <laughs> like just right. be like, you know what? We've done a disservice for the last like 20 years. Uh, we're going to correct that now, but yeah, here's, like, here's four or five. I mean, they could start by doing fucking two. Yeah. Like <laughs> that would be, uh, a real treat. Yeah. Like Jennifer Botterill is out there who <laughs> I know that there are women out there that, that are, eligible that that should get in now jennifer botterill yeah uh, (laughs) like uh i think she's got three gold medals and like five world championships mm -hmm. like what's a lady gotta do exactly turns out probably be a man (laughs) um but uh, i mean well then that invites a whole other uh set of questions (laughs) don't let them swim in the same pool (laughs) right uh Anyway, yeah. Oh, fuck the NCAA. Anyways. Talking about making a pool bigger. Wow, nice. That was every once in a while, Evan. You just like throw out a lo- nice little tidbit. And I'm just oh, like, thank you. I'm just like, damn. Feels nice to be appreciated. Yeah, right? Yeah, tell my boss that. <laughs> uh, you can't really like nitpick any of these people outside of the fact that most of them never want to stand like up. Yeah, and 
I kind of agree with the voters this year and kind of the general sentiment against that. You know, like yeah. it's hard to win a Stanley Cup. We are up to now 32 teams, 30 when most of these people played. Um, you know, that they didn't win a Stanley Cup as a part of very, very good teams that competed for it was just a, a matter of chance. So, you know, why, if you look at like playoff appearances and finals appearances, like that's maybe a better indicator of your level of fame than how many times you won the cup. Right. Yeah. And I think they, you're absolutely right. Like that's not something it's easy for us to be like, Oh, this guy was a seven time cup winner when he played for Montreal in the fifties. And, but like, yeah, it's like a third pairing defenseman. Yeah. It's entirely different when, you know, there's, there's the, mass amount of yeah. parody that we have in the league now yeah sorry Guy Lamontague like you're not deserving I don't know that's just my that's my stereotypical yeah. name of, yeah. of a Montreal 1950s yeah, I, it works for me <laughs> it's either Guy, that or it's like Guy Ray Lamontagne it's like slappy boy Chuck <laughs> <laughs> I mean we have been having a lot of fun with fake ass names around the around the draft <laughs> how'd you How'd you, uh, how'd you get the nickname Slappy? Oh, I see it now. Oh boy, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Moving on. Uh, the PHF, uh, they of the silent, mostly silent free agent process, f- uh, finally officially announced that Montreal will be playing games this year. We are less stoked. Um, the... Do, do they have a name yet? They do not. That should be coming in the... It'll be the Montreal... Hon, hon, hon. <laughs> Montreal... S'il vous plaît. <laughs> if, if you please, uh, if you would please do some scoring, and uh, if you would please save some pucks, yeah. we, we will win. Yeah. I mean, those are <laughs> the, 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 two big, uh, the two big asks, right? see but yeah that's exciting i mean obviously that fan base is going to absorb a professional women's hockey team like gangbusters uh probably more appropriately than they absorbed their first round draft pick like they'll boo less um well i mean it's interesting because in announcing montreal so late you don't really like you're kind of putting them behind the eight ball right for roster building for this year yeah and that's kind of how the phf has done things and i'm a little bit not surprised that the whole process is a little bit behind the eight ball but it's tough to get a new sports team up and running like we should give them credit for that like well i mean at the same time like boston still hasn't officially announced anybody yet wonder if they're gonna have a team you know who knows yeah, maybe that's actually it's a relocation. It's not a new <laughs> team. Um, yeah, they're now the Southie Pride. Yeah, there just hasn't been a a lot of big movement so far. Um, or since we last recorded, we did see Soroya Tinker did sign with Toronto. Okay, uh, I don't remember if we talked about this last time or if it had happened yet. But Carly Jackson signed. We did talk about with that Toronto. last time. Well, then I'll just leave it in here so people know how inept I am. It'll be great. No, that's fine. We can talk. You know, we can talk about these things multiple times. Uh, I mean, Carly Jackson's the best. But yeah, we did. We did see kind of 
a bunch of signings right away. And then now we're sort of in the, the middle doldrums when there's probably a bunch of negotiation happening behind the scenes. And, yeah. and then like another, you know, next tier of players to sign behind that. So it, there will be a lot to talk about in the probably coming months or so. Yeah. Um, I'll, if, if anybody who happens to have any sort of leverage at U-Haul is listening <laughs> to this, this podcast, uh, Somebody from your company needs to reach out to Carly Jackson, who is at Tough Mustard on Twitter. Okay. Uh, she having... She's been pining for U-Haul to sponsor her <laughs> since she signed with Toronto and she's got to move up there. So make it happen, U-Haul. Help, help, help a goalie out. I mean, she that, that's probably a whole truck's worth of equipment. At that's one truck up. at least, yeah. They could even like paint a Carly Jackson U-Haul truck. Yeah, that would be the sweet. The possibilities are endless. Why not? Uh, elsewhere in women in hockey news, uh, Haley Wickenheiser has been promoted to the assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that's the highest. Tied for the highest. Tied for the highest uh, uh, position held by women in, in professional hockey right now. It's cool. nice to see the number going up. And along those lines, we got Mike Greer named mm-hmm. the the general manager, the First black GM in NHL history. <laughs> I just read a couple articles and they're like, who we believe is the first black GM in NHL history. I was like, just fucking look it up. Don't like. He's first. Like, let's just. Yes, this is the first guy. Yeah. What a reporter cop out to be like, uh, we think, I mean, that would, I understand, you know, you don't want to be wrong, but uh, like, uh. <laughs> At some point, it's easier to retract later and say, "Oh, sorry, we forgot right. he was the fir- we forgot about this person." Than to say, like, "Oh, and Mike Greer was hired," and like not mention that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's more journalistic standards than Fox News has. Like, but Mike Greer, probably my favorite of the that group of black hockey players from the late '90s, early 2000s. Like, he was so good. He and- was a train up yeah, in edmonton I, for a long time i remember uh i got the same helmet that he repped one year it was that like one piece fiberglass mission helmet oh, God. and it was like 25 fucking pounds <laughs> <laughs> but like he could wear it because he was strong enough but you looked like a bobblehead <laughs> the mission carbster uh it really belongs in a hockey equipment museum before we get into the player carousel there was a really great tweet yet this morning that like Haley wickenheiser was at the toronto practice facility just ripping clappers at like <laughs> four in the morning or five in the morning or something like that like getting amped to go to work today and i was like fuck yeah that's fucking rad <laughs> Dude, that sort of happened to me one time i i had like my landlord was giving me shit because i had a bunch of logs that i got for free and i like had to split them or something and so i I, like started my day by like splitting a bunch of logs (laughs) it was like i I need to do this shit more often i understand what this this crossfit thing is all about (laughs) (laughs) it's great you know moving from crossfit to people who are fitting in across the country oh yeah yeah Yeah. that was not bad all right i like uh today was the first day of free agency in the nhl prior to the start of free agency there were a ton of trades uh, some of which included extremely high-end talent uh 
we're thinking first probably Kevin Fiala was traded. We from, need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Well. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, sorry. Yeah, oh no, I, I get the joke. I just didn't have a retort, and so now it sounds <laughs> stupid. So Kevin Fiala went to L.A. for a first round pick, and Brock Faber, who okay. play plies his trade currently at the University of Minnesota, and so got traded to his college hometown team it was very cute to see a a picture of him on the glass banging the glass on like with after a Kirill Kaprizov goal now now they're playing together maybe at some point soon he can Mm -hmm. do that from the other side of the glass yep Uh, obviously not a cap dump by the by the wild but uh but kind of kind of because they knew they weren't going to be able to resign him and so because of their dead money moves paying uh, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, an insane amount of money, 12 to $14 million, just to not play for us. Yeah, to play elsewhere. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's like Cardi B says, I don't dance now, I make money moves. Well, <laughs> Bill Guerin has to dance now to make some money moves. Yeah. Uh, and that includes losing probably your second best forward for... I mean, I mean, they got a first round pick for it. Mm-hmm. And a good D prospect. Easily cool. your t- easily a top five forward on that team. But yeah. Oh, I think after Kaprizov, he's probably You think it. he's right after Kaprizov? Yeah. I mean Well, it, no, he's not right after Kaprizov, but he's well, number two. Because <laughs> Kaprizov's so good. Right, but also who else is on that team? Um Erickson X. Erickson X. I mean, like that's I, what I, I was like, ah, he could maybe be two and Boldy's he, he might be now. Boldy's gonna be really fucking good and uh Rossi. I mean Carlo Rossi, uh, the bowling ball, no, the, th- uh, the thinking man's wine. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. He's he, two or three on that team for yeah. sure. And but now he's two or three on, on LA and an increasingly uh, weaponizing LA team, which is smart because the Pacific sucks. So go for it now. <laughs> well, and also they were already getting better. Yeah. And they've re-signed Adrian Kempe, right? All of those young prospects are a year older. They didn't have to give up any of their big prospects to no. get Kevin Viala. So. And they had kind of a log jam. Like, that's one of the things that pays to have good prospects in the in the pipeline because, well, those are trade assets. Like, some GMs would really, really do well to learn that lesson. Looking at you, Chicago. Uh, they'll have prospects in, you know... Uh, Several years. Uh, like 2030. <laughs> Speaking of 2030, Besser resigned with Vancouver till about 2030. Uh, yep. Uh, we got Besser and uh, Philippe Forsberg staying in Nashville. Uh, Ricard also, Rick- yeah, he signed eight years. He's essentially, he is actually he staying is, until 2030. He is Nashville for <laughs> life. Uh, Ricard Raquel, Chris Letang, and Evgeny Malkin all somehow fit under the cap in Pittsburgh. Absolutely insane. I don't know how the fuck that happened. They got those three signed for something like one and a half million dollars less Each. than they were signed before previously. How did they do that? Sidney um, Crosby effect? Yeah. Crosby going, hey, stay with me. I've got you. Stay with me. Did you see the video of Malkin and Crosby like several years ago talking about like Malkin like maybe testing the free agent market and Sidney Crosby's like, wait, is this true? <laughs> would you would you do this to me? 
<laughs> like and, a, and Gino's like, like we'll, we'll no no daddy <laughs> this is a jilted lover yeah it, it it was hilarious probably the most um bananas trade pre-draft or pre uh, free agency toronto decided they didn't want to pay jack campbell five million a year for the next five years which S- apparently was like what the market just decided that he was more <laughs> like, yeah it was like it's like every nhl guru was in a room and they just said okay we're gonna decide what jack campbell's worth at once everyone just say a number and everyone's like five, five by, by five, five. <laughs> and they're like well, well nailed it all right all right <laughs> that's unanimous all right uh so they didn't want to pay jack campbell five million a year so they traded for matt murray the oft injured former wunderkind uh <laughs> who is he's won some cups he's won in his youth yeah um, on the backs of Sidney crosby evgeny malkin and chris letang historically he's a very good playoff goalie we'll give him that uh i don't want to take that away from him yeah um, i mean for a couple of years in his youth he he looked like the the next big thing and now he you know has not stayed healthy he looked good for stretches last year. Um, he has a lot of connections in Toronto. Apparently, everybody in that front office knows him, like goalie coach to GM. Like, Well, considering that Kyle Dubas only hires Sue Greyhounds. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. So it's like it's, everybody like it's not a you don't even need to like reach out to their agent. Like these people already have each other's phone numbers. Yeah. Like they they played they text, golf in the summer. Yeah, they just they texted Matt Murray and they're like, "Yo, can we make this happen?" They have a they have a Slack thread. I'm sure. Yeah, it, I imagine this happened a lot. Like a beer league guy changes hands. Like, hey Matt, do you want to play for us? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, Ottawa retained 25 percent of his salary, which means he's still making like 4.25 mm-hmm. or something like that against the cap. So for 750k more they could have had jack campbell but they wanted Matt Murray. your previous starting goalie <laughs> and they also <laughs> traded oft injured peter morazic because they were obviously they were like oh we got to get out from this contract this guy's always injured i know <laughs> let's send him to chicago let's get matt murray yeah he'll be healthy I mean, obviously they think they are in a a buy low on a good player like every sign says we think more about Matt Murray than we thought about Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek as a duo. And I'm sure they're going to add another goalie there somehow. Oh, they signed Ilya Samsonov today or Samsonov. Like that's an interesting one too. There's some like, it's like taking like two low floor, high ceiling swings. You know, either one of these guys could be your one a maybe, but you may not have a 1A between the two of them. You know, these could be both like this could be uh, Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban and Kevin Lankinen. Like, you know, just a bunch of 1B goalies. Yeah. And you know what? That's if that's what they think they need to ascend to the mountaintop, also known as the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> uh hey have at it um they just i mean at some point when toronto like toronto will eventually probably win something but it won't really matter the raptors already did 
<laughs> the Argonauts are a perennial contender. The Blue Jays are very good this year. Okay, fine. The Maple Leafs will will win something, but it won't matter until Keenan Thompson undoes his burn. <laughs> uh, like it, it doesn't matter until Keenan Thompson recognizes it. Uh, you know, but the Matt Murray trade kind of leads us into what I think is honestly even with the first day of free agency kind of behind us now, the most interesting thing mm-hmm. is the goalie churn. Oh yeah. Goalies this year be all crazy. Well, there's just, there's not enough good ones. Right. And so a bunch of teams are scrambling mm-hmm. to get their one, a one B right. And, and settling. Some of them didn't, you know, right. like it's- some of them have just, atrocious goaltending right. combos. It sort of looks like like a hurried last episode of Love Boat or something. <laughs> it's like, oh well, you know, get with get with whoever you can to get out the bar. Closing time. <laughs> uh the some teams decided to be proactive. The wings traded for Villy Huso at the draft. Very smart. The yeah for a third round pick. Also, the, I mean his salary is like nothing. Yeah, it's like four something. Uh oh really that I thought he was like I think it's like 4.25. I thought he was like one. I thought no, he was like no, 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 close no. to the league men. No, 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 no. Because no? he was a re- either a free agent or a restricted free agent. And I think he got three by 4.25. Give me a sick. Three by 4.75. Oh, okay. Well, um, not as impressed, but that's a good swing. I yeah. mean, between him and Delkovich, like you have a couple good young guys that could be better. Yep. And you've got Sebastian Casa in the wings. Um, Giant Sebastian Casa. Yeah, he's a condor, but he's in the wings. Uh, he's the, a Hasa. <laughs> okay. Right. Hmm. Uh, the Devils traded for Vitek Vanacek. Uh, the Avs traded for Georgiev and mm-hmm. immediately signed him to a, an extent, a longer ter- term contract. And that would be because Darcy Kemper went to Washington. Well, they we're like we can't afford mm-hmm. what Darcy Kemper wants, so bye. And also, Darcy Kemper wanted to be a senator, you know, just become uh, f- fuck. <sighs> it was a bridge too far on that one. Uh, yeah, it was like <laughs> I like I saw the wheels turning, and I was like, oh, he might get. Ah, nope, dropped it. Darcy Kemper goes to Washington. Was the high part of that yeah. joke? I got it. I knew you should leave I, this I, all. In. I knew where you were going. Oh, I will. <laughs> The Minnesota Wild re-signed Marc-Andre Fleur. Uh, the Pens re-signed Casey DeSmith to be their backup. Washington got rid of, on the other side of that, Washington got rid of Vitek Vanacek mm-hmm. and Ilya Samsonov. Right. Just, uh, oh, we, we don't like any of our goalies. Yeah, they did Goalie upset Darcy Kemper, so it, it makes sense. But like, right. Well, they saw what Carolina did last year yeah. and said, hey, we don't like any of our goalies. Uh, yeah. Let's get new goalies. Bye. Um the Oilers, I was really hoping the Oilers would somehow screw up the the chase of Jack Campbell, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> so Jack Campbell is an Oiler. Jack Campbell is an Oiler. And He's going Miko to face Ka- And Miko Koskinen is like out in an oil rig somewhere. Uh, I mean, if he's lucky. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this is what you do for the summer. Earn, <laughs> earn your keep. Um, so does that mean Mike Smith is a backup? Uh. Actually, Miko Koskinen's Koskinen controlled. No, he's done. Yeah, I, that's why I said they they sent him elsewhere, somewhere. His his contract was just up, right? Yeah, his contract was up. Right. So yeah, it's Campbell and Stack Skinner. Stack. 
Yes. Um, that's like, it could be worse. It could be Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. It could be, yeah. I mean, it could be like at least now you've got one stable goalie instead of. How is Jim Benning just uh, like, or not Jim Benning? How is uh, Ken Holland? Ken Holland just like farting himself towards like a decent team. I mean, Duncan Keith he did has him, two of the three best players in the world on his team. Yeah, That's how. Well, and Duncan Keith did him a giant, giant favor by retiring. Yeah, Oscar <laughs> Clefbaum's LTIR. Like his contract. I, I mean, would that's, you rather have a healthy Oscar Clefbaum? Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's, that's what sucks. Because he's about a very good defenseman. Was at one time. Yeah. Uh, As was Duncan Keith, but uh, that was longer ago. They still get to pay James Neal for three more years. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of Duncan Keith, though, uh, Chicago is not even pretending. <sighs> yeah. The, it, former Blackhawks fan Evan. Uh, would be sad if he were sitting in this chair right now. Uh, but yeah, it fucking good. Like blow it all up. Max pain. Like this is even more pain and uh, discontinuity and, and just like stupidity than was probably necessary. But I think this is what it's going to take to like make Kane and Taves want to leave on their own court. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't even need to their, their contracts are up next I know. year like and that's what was insane about like trading alex to bring cat you traded away all of your building block pieces for a for a bad draft nothing right and you didn't need to trade you know if you look at and then they the had- kevin fiala trade versus the alex to bring trade whereas the kevin fiala trade needed to happen minnesota had to trade him Chicago didn't need to trade Alex to Brinkat, uh, but they did anyway for less than what Minnesota got. I mean, I don't understand how Chicago didn't come out with a first rounder next year in a better draft. Like, yeah, they didn't even get a pick, a, a 2023 pick in a right. deep draft. They got two this year in 2022 and a 2024 third rounder. And it's like, exactly. And, did they get a 2023 pick with the Kirby Doc trade? Like they got a first and a second round this year. And actually that was a fine trade. Like they made up some of the ground that I think they lost with the Debrinka trade it, cutting bait with Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc probably will be good at some point, but they were just fucking up his development after getting after some bad injury luck and like you know, he just needs a change of scenery. Well, they then traded one of those second round picks to Toronto for Peter Morazic. I mean, well, that's, that's your goaltender of the future that's a, and the present. He's better than Kevin Lankin and so fine. Uh, if he's alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, they also did not give qualifying hour offers to Dylan Strom or Dominic Kubelik. And it's both like of which they could have afforded very easily. Uh, and like, so, yeah. So, you know, Detroit benefited by picking up Dominique Kubelik, who uh, he's got some talent. He's probably going to play down the lineup and maybe be a, a above average tweener down if the he lineup. Has, if he has 30 points, like that's a huge That would be awesome. Sure. And I mean, I think he's put up 30 points for the Blackhawks, but in like a top six role. Well, he scored 30 goals in yeah. rookie year. Yeah. So, you know, and then Dylan Strom is someone who's kind of been snake bit, but all the, the, uh, stats, all the micro stats kind of point to him actually being a good player 
the problem is he was just drafted behind uh, Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid, and so like he can never live that down. Um, but you know, like, well, at least he's not a curse to his franchise, like Jack Eichel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least he's not. At least he's not a fucking who wins the cup talisman first? from Raiders of the Lost Ark, like who, Jack Eichel. Who wins the cup first, Buffalo or Vegas? I would find Rob and bet him another hundred dollars, but I already have a hundred dollars riding on Buffalo not making the playoffs this year. <laughs> We didn't write any notes because we were both busy today. <laughs> well, and also uh, a on. ton of shit happened. Well, like, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, some other important. Did we talk about M- Nick Chushkin already? Uh, Nichushkin did sign eight years, I think six point something. Six point one nine. Yeah. You wrote this. Um, did I? Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a pretty, pretty big one because, well, he's a pretty big dude. He's a, <laughs> and also about like, a guy who you like, talk about what, what Colorado wants to signal, like where they're going. And it's also one of the, like, one, Joe Sackett got him for free. Right. Off waivers. And Val Nachuskin bet on himself in Colorado Mm -hmm. and won big time. I feel like we have a history of recording either just before or the day of big things. And then we report things and then... By the time I get this shit edited, it's not it like the other big thing has happened. Mm-hmm. So I think we're at this point, we're probably swooping in right after most of the big things have happened, though. Yeah. Mm. I mean, knocking jo- on bamboo currently. <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau already signed with Columbus. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, he is a Columbus blue raspberry. Yeah. So let's just uh, kind of walk through the craziness that was. Uh, NHL free agency. Get on the crazy train, if you will. Uh, starting with the craziest, Johnny Gaudreau is spending the next seven years in Columbus. Amazing. Jarmo Magic works again. He's got to be excited to be handing pucks to Patrick Line. I mean, that's got to be a nice plus. He left somewhere between 10 and $15 million on the table by not signing with Calgary. Yeah. I mean, the, the NHL structures its contract rules in a way where you if you want to leave you have to basically take a pay cut your your best option is always going to be to stay with the team you have i mean that's philip forsberg got tendered an eight-year deal that that was the only thing that or nashville was the only team that could tender him an eight-year deal right you might get more Uh, money but you can't get as much term sure in free agency this good like some shit's going to come out about this Gaudreau situation. Like either he said like, he wanted to be closer to home. Really? Yeah. It's that fun. But yeah. But your the team you were on was really good. Well, <laughs> and, I think uh, I think he's married and I think either him and his wife are expecting or are like hmm. looking to start a family. Okay, so he's on some yeah. millennial shit. And well, and they well, I mean New Jersey to Calgary ain't a short flight. <laughs> like, it's not. Uh New Jersey to Columbus. It's an eight hour drive. Really? Yep. All right. That's it, it's a yeah. lot. It, it's a lot closer. Um, sure. So, okay. I, I, it's, I guess I see crazy. it, but like, but he could have just probably fucking played in New Jersey, right? <laughs> he could have just gone to play there. <laughs> I, mean, if, I mean, maybe the offer he got was too good to refuse. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's Playing getting on. paid nine point seven five million dollars. Like that. That is, we're gonna make you an offer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd take it. Um, 
Yeah, obviously. I mean, I'd pay you. you pro- I probably let you pay me nine point seven five to like draw and quarter me. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, other big signings: um, Vincent Trocheck uh, signed with the New York Rangers mm-hmm. for uh, seven years, a, a little bit more term, I think, than most people were expecting him to get. But he got five point six three million, so maybe a little bit lower of a cap hit than most people expected. Uh, Andrew Cop signed with the Detroit Wed- Red Wings. The Wed Wings. The Wed Wings. It's been uh, so long that they've been good. I just mispronounced the name <laughs> on accident now. And I mean, like I'm we, a baby with a speech impediment. We got to <laughs> talk about their free agency we'll hall. get there yeah we'll get there are you, are you still naming names yeah okay, uh, Andrew, we're not, we're yeah. not going into analysis yet got not it got yet. it got it uh claude Giroux, three years to return home to ottawa um i mean return home is that he's from there he has not yes. played in ottawa yet Correct. but uh what's notable is that the rest of the ottawa team is approximately the same age as his children <laughs> mm-hmm. uh evander kane signed Boo, boo, boo. Signed four years, uh, 5.13 up in Edmonton. Which is what people thought he was valued at. Uh, Edmonton, obviously, you know, they their gamble on him paid off last year. Uh, he was a good enough citizen while he was there to not get into trouble. I mean, he's still relatively unsavory. It did come out. I thought was interesting that he requested a trade literally every year he was in Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. That somehow didn't come out at the time. Like, cause nobody cared. Yeah. No, no. Once he started doing racist shit, everybody started caring about his trade request. Uh, Jack Campbell signed five years, 5 million per in Edmonton as well. Columbus also signed Eric at Branson. Four years, four million per. You know what? Woo. Go, fucking good for him. Yeah, hundred like percent. Uh, you know, as a uh, defenseman and appreciator of defensive defensemen, like that's pretty good. You just paid four million a year for a dude who got sheltered third pairing minutes on a good team. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay resigned all of their UF or RFAs that yeah, were coming f- up next year. How the fuck is this possible? Uh, they're gonna have to it's it's fucking bonkers is what it is i mean it's going to be they're going to launch pat maroon and uh uh harvard guy what's his name Kalorn. alex Kalorn into the sun i mean on a jet ski well thankfully they're very close to the sun in tampa yeah uh but sergachev got eight by 8.5 which is crazy uh Chernak. He's not even the best defenseman on his own team, but he's the best paid defenseman on his team. I mean, he's pretty good. He's very good. He's a little he's not as consistent as Hedman, but he's a he's very not good even, defenseman. Yeah, I mean, he's very good, but he's not Victor Hedman. And I mean, it just shows, goes to show how much people will take pay cuts to play on a winner like yeah. well i'm guessing when headman signed his contract like seven years ago it was a great deal i actually think people thought of it as a reach right when he signed it and then he started to perform but yeah i mean if you gotta lock up a future norris caliber defenseman for eight something like yeah 
Of course, that's what Sergeyev is going to cost. Yep. Uh, Chernak, eight years, 5.2 mil a year. Anthony Sorelli, eight years, 6.2 mil a year. I really want Peter Chiarelli to get a job again and then sign Anthony Sorelli. (laughs) That's actually a sitcom in the works. (laughs) Chiarelli Sorelli? Yeah. Uh, Andre Burakovsky, he got paid. Good for him. Uh, five years, 5.5 per in Seattle. Seattle quietly having a pretty nice draft and free agency. Yeah. Getting Shane Wright, you know, who was the the golden boy of the draft until he wasn't. Uh, and got a nice moment of staring down this, the uh, Montreal draft team while he was drafted number four. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. And then... It's only one day, so it was a big day. While it is a sprint and a marathon, it is also a marathon. So declaring winners and losers after today is somewhat of a futile exercise. But it's, I think, it's pretty apparent. Yeah, if you're looking at it, though, um, just to kind of do a quick recap because we're not really big on the whole like this team did this sort of thing. Um, Winners and losers, we're each gonna share one here and i've been waiting years to be able to say this um the detroit red wings won free agency today (laughs) again pretty decisively again yeah it doesn't always translate to wins it doesn't always translate to playoff victories or cups uh and i think actually historically the records show that spending big on free agency or at the trade deadline rarely brings the results that you want. But that's what's notable here is these aren't big spends. These are yeah. nice upside budget spends, good NHL players, maybe flippable. Uh yes. And you know, if the Red Wings were in the West, I would look at this and I'd be like, fuck, that's like a five seed. <laughs> uh unfortunately they're in the East and that's like a ah, I hope they hit five hundred. Uh <laughs> but a great day for the Red Wings. You signed your 2C, Andrew Kopp, five years. Uh, he's 28. That contract, he'll be 33 at the end of that contract. That's a good contract. 5.625 million per. Uh, Dominic Kubalik, two years, two and a half per. Loving Chicago's casts offs. Uh, he's joining Pia Suter and uh, in, in decent players that Chicago's let go for nothing. Um, and then. One the place where I actually like what they did the most. Um, one getting Vili Huso for a third round pick, mm-hmm. very smart. But that's back in trade territory, yes. not in free agency. But, uh, Ali but also Ma- yeah. a, a really good good pickup. Yeah, Ali Mata and Ben Sherat on the back end. Detroit needed to overhaul the left side of their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just like on a massive scale, the only like strictly left shot defenseman on the team was Jake Wallman. Mm. And so like you're in trouble, right? So <laughs> getting those two guys, uh, the Chirac contract is maybe a little bit longer and for more money than I would have maybe thought. Yeah. But I, they, he brings a physical presence that I think that team necessarily doesn't have outside of cider. And oh, for sure. And, you pair him with cider and all of a sudden you have two people who will mangle your first line <laughs> forwards. Uh, so 
I thought the David Perron signing yeah. was uh, also a masterful move. I was he saving had a that career for last, year, yeah. and they just got him for four seven five. Per. Yeah, I was like, saving that for last because oh, I was so shocked that I I I texted my brother. I said. <laughs> The Wings just signed David fucking Perron. <laughs> and my Him brother was like... sunglasses uh, on ice. Yeah, my brother's response was, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, that was the interaction about it. Because I was like, wait, why the fuck is David Perron coming yeah. to the Wings? Also, like, amazed that someone th- also amazed that anyone that played in St. Louis would ever sign in Detroit. <laughs> uh, hey, Brett Hull did it. Honestly, big winner for me uh, is my boys, the Detroit Red Wings. Now, honestly, uh, if you can somehow fleece the already over the cap Vegas Golden Knights for Nick Haig, mm-hmm. uh, please do it because I think he's going to be fucking awesome for a long time. But otherwise, just re-sign Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin and call it a summer. Like, you're good. <laughs> like They got their work done right out of the gate and they're set yeah now they just have to decide if they want to pay someone that can't play in canada uh as of right now he can't play in canada (laughs) Um, i don't know who to go with here for my winner it's kind of a toss-up uh i'm gonna go interesting in carolina uh i think i'm gonna go carolina as my winner uh you could you could the other case would be for Joe Sackick, but I think the Carolina win is interesting. A, they dumped Tony D'Angelo, traded his ass. And got great return for him. Got a lot return for him. And then picked up Brent Burns with salary retained by San Jose. Chef's kiss. For <laughs> very little. It's like yeah. a third round pick, a solid bottom six guy, right. and a goalie prospect who, like, might be something and the uh, yeah san jose is retaining 34 percent of brent burns salary but yeah so got rid of tony d'angelo got brent burns and then picked up max patcheretti for zero for nothing like i'm i know vegas had to camp dump somehow but like I don't know. This must have been the least that they had to give away to get rid of him or something. Like it, this makes no sense. It, well, from Vegas's perspective, like, yeah, you have to get rid of somebody, not him. <laughs> like, well, you want to clear, was it seven mil off of your books? You can do it mm-hmm. real fast by trading Max Pacioretty pack. Max Pacioretty. Uh, it's a, Remember it's when, a coup. Well, remember when Vegas came in and everybody was like, holy shit, they have the best front office team in the league. This is incredible. Like, I can't believe they've done this. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals their first year. Western Conference Finals the second year. Now what? Well, they because they mortgaged. I mean, they, they instantly had an awesome draft and they mortgaged their future heavily. And, and I would say too to, far. Though. Well, and, and I would say they keep going too far because they're... Now they've started to mortgage their like near term future for now after already mortgaging their midterm future for yesterday. Yeah. Which didn't work out. And so like that. Yeah. They're starting to have to pay the piper, but like he's a fucking $7 million, 20 plus goal scorer. 
how do you just trade him for nothing? <laughs> I mean, well, if you can't bring any thing back in cap space, so you can't right. trade for a player, and if you Carolina, can't trade for a pick, like Carolina is like, no, we're not going to give you a pick. We know you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, I think this was maybe a result of you know GMs doing Vegas favors because that's been the part of the problem that built Vegas into the powerhouse that they were quickly. It was a bunch of GMs just like did them favors. Got worked by right. Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah. Uh, the really like, we'll one give of my... you Shea Theodore to uh, take another player. Like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. What were yeah. you saying? Well, the, the real interesting thing is, so they've got Nicholas Wah or Nicholas Roy, Keegan Colasar, and Nicholas Hag, all who need to be signed. They're all RFAs, two of which have arbitration rights. Okay. Uh, that, I mean, you're probably looking at somewhere in the... Got him. Nice. Somewhere in the, like, six to eight million dollar range there. Well, they immediately re-signed Riley Smith, and they're already back over the cap. So yeah, just the, the asset management in Vegas has been terrible. Yeah. Curious would be like the high end, uh, the Petrangelo and the Petrangelo signing and the Jack Eichel trade. They jumped the shark with the Petrangelo signing. That was like, you already had a bunch of good cost control defensemen, Nate Schmidt, Brain McNabb, Shea uh, Theodore. Shea Theodore. Like you already had a you already had a a one A defenseman. Did you need another one A defenseman for fucking eight mil something? Eight point eight. <sighs> no, no, you didn't, and it and, did, and it didn't make a difference. Like if you if you'd have brought in an eight million dollar forward, you'd probably want a cup. Carolina even like had like they got other players. Like th- that's not everything. Um, but the on the back of Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty for essentially next to nothing for an already good playoff team that, you know, if you add these two players to what they were last year, the extrapolation is uh, a very good feeling. Yeah. They also signed Andre Kasha for like one and a half million dollars. Great. A, yeah. It's a, that's a, the dude had, I think 30 points or almost 30 points mm-hmm. in 50 games. Uh, Good show me deal. Yes. Like Carolina, you know, they get a lot of shtick for uh, their GM won't pay big money or whatever, but they're always good or their owner won't pay big money, but they're always Mm -hmm. good. And they pull shit off like this. (laughs) Like, and not like Pacioretty and Burns, like not only are they, I mean, Burns is declining, but still, he had a great year last year. I think he had like 44 points or something like that. Yeah, and he, like, Um, change of scenery might also do wonders for him. Well, especially on an offense first team looking for an offensive defenseman. Well, Andy doesn't have to play Brent Burns minutes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's going to get to play with Jacob Slavin. Well, because they've got, yeah, they've got Slavin and Pesci Mm -hmm. who can play that lockdown D role. Yeah. And just let Brent Burns do Brent Burns things. <laughs> it's it's great. He's just going to go out there and, you know, 
be in the cast of Vikings. Yeah, look look like a Viking and lose some teeth. Like, yeah. um, one of my favorite. Also, si- uh, before we go to losers, uh, former New York City police detective Frank Vitrano uh, <laughs> signed in Anaheim, and he's been one of my like quiet fantasy favorites for a couple years running, but this Anaheim team, they keep building and building and building. I mean, they sold off Rickard Raquel. So they have some, some minutes to make up on the offensive side, but didn't tender uh sunny Milano. Yeah. I thought that was really that was weird. Very weird. I mean, maybe they think they can let him stew out there and get him for cheaper. I don't know. That's, doesn't make a whole terrible lot of sense to me, but whatevs, whatevs, losers. There were many. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's been. Uh, I'm it, interested to see who you go with here. You want me to go first, then? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm gonna go with Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you taking taking the lowest hanging of the lowest hanging. Uh, well. Because I wanted to talk about a couple of different things here. It's just the Philadelphia, like I want them to have the fucking, what, what's the, the HBO special, uh, hard knock. No. Yeah. I uh, want them to have the NHL equivalent of hard knocks. Cause I want to see all of these various disparate pieces, including Tony. I'm totally not a racist. D'Angelo, and I'm an, John Tortor- I'm an ethnicist. Yeah. And John Tortorella. Like, yeah, that's that's always a good sign. I, I think Sean McIntyre said this. Like, it's always a good sign when you take a new job and you need to re- uh, remind the world that you're not a racist. <laughs> you you've done great things. But yes, uh, please continue. Sorry. Yeah. Uh so this off season in general has been a disaster. Uh, re-signing Rasmus Ristolainen. Oof. Trading very good assets for Tony D'Angelo. I mean, Tony D'Angelo, at least on ice, has some value. Human piece of shit, probably. But on ice, does good things. Uh, and then Chuck Fletcher, who is... Trying real hard to win that Chirelli GM of the Year <laughs> award. Uh, you have a hometown boy who is the number one free agent on the market who grew up a Philadelphia Flyers fan in South Jersey who is desperate, so desperate to, le- to get closer to home that he left 15 million dollars on the table for a competitive for playoff a team competitive team a team that has legit stanley cup aspirations basically closed calgary's window by leaving uh and chuck fletcher says we just we just we would have had to move too many people too many people meaning fucking jvr john jonathan van reemsdyke like or sorry, James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, you know, he needs to be moved. Like, I, I'm just kind of speechless. 
uh, Chuck Fletcher made more excuses than moves. He he had to do something and he did nothing but sign tra- uh, Anthony D'Angelo. Hey, man, Nicholas Delorier. <laughs> A fighter. Yeah. Uh, four years, 1.7. You gave four years to Nicholas Delorier. Like, Why? Well, because you just brought in John Tortorella and you need a John Tortorella player. Yeah. He's like... You already had Cam Atkinson. Well, Cam Atkinson scores. He doesn't fight people. True. Uh, So... Yeah, like this has... Philly this year has the makings of a fucking reality TV show. John Tortorella plus a bunch of personalities plus Tony D'Angelo plus getting stiffed by every free agent you wanted because you can't afford them right but you can't afford whatever they're paying james and memes like apparently like to be seven million dollars yeah to to just sit in the crease and put in power play tap-ins like yeah he can score goals for sure but uh it's not i don't know it's not gonna get you over the hump man sorry so our hearts go out to all the flyers fans that we aren't friends with i have two friends who are flyers fan fans and they're both great people but most flyers fans we're not friends with i think oh my uh, my equipment manager out in in connecticut he's a flyers fan well that's three shout out if he still listens to us shout out he probably hates our guts at this point just like i, I still need some sticks though so i'm I, i'm <laughs> probably gonna text him soon all right you're a loser uh yeah i know i'm a loser Oh, sorry. Wait. Uh, um, I'm supposed to name a loser. Chill out, Beck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to continue to talk about Vegas or the Blackhawks. Calgary, yeah. you let your star player walk. Like, you have people in the wings that can maybe pick up the slack. So that that was kind of my like uh, trepidation there. They're still a good team. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't mortgage anything to make up for the loss of Johnny Gaudreau by like they didn't do what uh uh they didn't do what Toronto did or wait. Sorry. Back up. They didn't do what Montreal did and like lose Jasperia Cook Niemi and then immediately turn a first round pick into a middle six center. Like they haven't overreacted to losing Johnny Gaudreau yet. And that's like, that's a good sign, but you also lost a star player. So like, uh, I don't know. I feel bad for Calgary. I sort of feel bad for Johnny Gaudreau because he's going to Columbus, but he getting paid. And uh, yeah, like Matthew Kachuk, you know, they're obviously all in on Matthew Kachuk. They basically had to make a a decision this offseason between the future of the franchise between Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. And maybe that's the right choice. You know, I, I Johnny Gaudreau's maybe replaceable. Is, is Johnny Gaudreau more replaceable than Matthew Kachuk? That's sort of the question that they've asked. Yes, I would say. I think so, too. But it's going to be painful. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau had a career year and they didn't pay him after that, which 
you know, like that's actually a pretty smart GM move to not pay up after maybe an outlier year. Calgary has a couple of options. They can either overreact and try and sign somebody, maybe pay too much. Uh, Nazem Kadri is still out there. John Klingberg still out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nino Niederreiter is still out there. Like, I mean, none of these guys replaces Johnny Gaudreau, but you know, mm-hmm. Kadri probably does the the closest. But you need to get some sort of facsimile of Johnny Gaudreau, yeah, like the some, distributor. Yeah. So we'll see how the how tomorrow plays out. Maybe we'll have a Nazem Kadri signing tomorrow. Um, but Nazem Kadri is somewhere in North America right now hanging out. You know where he's not? Russia. He's not stuck in Russia. With no love, like some people. Kirill Kaprizov, on the other hand. We're not sure, but we're pretty sure he's stuck in Russia. Yeah, that it's was like a really... him and Brittany Griner. <laughs> it was a really weird week. Uh, where in the world is Kirill Kaprizov? There were reports that he was in Russia and then made it out of Russia but couldn't get a visa anywhere that he got out of Russia too. And so he's like back in Russia and they're trying to stick him with something, uh, buying a fake military ID. Is that, uh, that's, that's the, that's the, the kind rumor. of up charge. I don't well, know if anybody knows anything. Well, they're trying to hit him and some other NHLers with this, a couple of other charge. prospects. Yeah. It's curiously, all at the same time. Yeah, shocking, right? Reportedly, he got to Dubai, but couldn't get to the U.S. or Canada right. from Dubai. Right. And so, he went back to Russia. And How depressing must that have been? Like, what a, oh, I, what I'm a bummer in du- of a I'm flight. in Dubai. Fuck, man. I got to go back to, back to that fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, uh, so, this will be one of the crazy it's already one of the crazier but one of the crazier uh stories of the off season mm-hmm. is how do the russians get back to the u.s or canada and how many of them are in jail first i know how you invade kamchatka i was gonna make a ukraine is not weak joke but <laughs> i i don't think we need to make that joke anymore they're very clearly not weak yeah rather uh, speaking I, of I, russians I, who are calling it quits well russians who are not going to be charged with crimes mm-hmm. pavel datsuk officially called it quits made like a russian tank in ukraine <laughs> i don't know that i have ever or will ever again see a player like pavel datsuk he had all of the moves and On the best it. moves he's the best stick handler i've ever seen but he wasn't just a pure offensive power i mean he won the selkie he was a defensive mastermind from the forward position, in addition to being an all-time goal scorer. Watching and Pavel so, Dat, yeah, watching Pavel Datsyuk back check was almost more fun than watching his offensive game. Yeah. So Arizona Coyotes legend Pavel <laughs> Datsyuk, we say happy trails after a long and storied career in the desert. Yes, uh, it, the the Russian desert, which they <laughs> call the Taiga. <laughs> and we're going to end today on a very somber note. Brian Marchment, who played for numerous clubs in the NHL, most notably the San Jose Sharks. He was part of the San Jose Sharks management team. Passed away on the eve of 
the NHL draft up in Montreal. He was 53 years old. Yeah, way, way too soon. Yeah. Marchment was known as, let's put it mildly, a dick to play against. <laughs> like he, yeah. he played the game hard. He played the game with gusto. And by all, we obviously don't know him, but by all reports, he lived that way too. And he, but he was a very kind and giving and caring and gentle person off the ice. Which is, I mean, that's a duality we see with a lot of these kind of 90s and 2000s hockey players. It's like, yeah, you held and hooked and punched and, you know, made, you dragged the offensive game of hockey into the ground, but you were a very kind soul and loving family man off the ice and like but in an era of that happening people are like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> like, well he played for 17 years yeah like talk about a a fixture of the nhl you know played for 17 years and then has been a scout ever since by all all reports was kind of an up-and-coming guy in the sharks organization and and, and big- unfortunately you know had had just some really awful health luck yeah right right smack in his busiest part of the season like he was known as as a really you know team first guy and and one of the first things that mike greer did after becoming the san jose sharks gm was to acknowledge that that you know they're all really going to miss him terribly it's just it's really sad to see anybody leave this earth before their time and Mm -hmm. so uh, you know, none of them will ever hear this, but you know, our condolences go out to the Sharks family and to Brian Marchman's family as well. Um, his son just signed a deal with the Dallas Stars, and we're happy to see that. You know, on the back of sadness comes a little bit of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously nothing replaces your dad, but you know, having that sort of stability can can help you. Our hearts go out to to Brian and Mason and their family. So with that, thank you so much for listening to us. It's the summer and it's nice. And (laughs) um, so podcasting, making a podcast that doesn't give us any money isn't hot, super high on our list of things. And also it's just been really fucking hot. Like it's, it was nice today and I'm sitting here sweating. So are you saying that if someone were to give us money, we might do this more often? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would. Opportunities abound friends. Yeah. Yeah. Come join us on the bandwagon towards financial stability uh for the podcast yeah thank you everybody who listens i've actually recently had a number of people talk to me about the podcast and say they've listened and that they really liked it and so yeah that's fucking awesome to hear so thanks everybody Mm -hmm. out there we love you yeah we find any feedback super encouraging you can find us on the internet at handsomehockey.com handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter where we're probably most active email handsomehockeypod at gmail.com or for your parents handsome hockey facebook page yeah no don't have a tiktok yet for the kids but maybe soon thanks everybody for listening take care and stay handsome everybody restez beau tous les mans